What's up, A's fans, and welcome to episode 9 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, noted baseball fan Jason Burke, and today we're going to be talking about the Mookie Betts trade, obviously, because uh, that's big baseball news. We're also going to be talking about the Jack Peterson deal um, with, you know, the Angels and Dodgers, and then uh, that's the first half of the episode. Second half will be, you know, going over a little bit of the A's history with, you know, a trade similar to this. And uh, what a trade with the A's and Red Sox in it, like a Mookie Betts deal, would have looked like. And whether or not we uh, should have pulled the trigger. I, I know that there was $27 million attached. And also David Price. Um, so that'll lead you to believe that I wouldn't do it. And you'd be correct. But who are those players? We're going to find out in a few minutes. So Tuesday night, uh, Twitter is having a bunch of fun trying to figure out who the third team in this Mookie Betts deal was. Was it the Angels? Was it the Twins? Who knows? Ah, the mayhem ensued. Um, so what we know right now, it's still not an official deal. Um, Kevin Rosenthal reported late tonight, uh, Wednesday night, that deal isn't official. They're still waiting on medicals from uh, Brudzar Gratterall. There we go. Uh, the relief pitcher that was coming from Minnesota going to Boston. Uh, and I think that the main contention is he might not be a starter, so he might be a reliever. And so they're trying to figure out if there's going to be another player attached, who that player is coming from, yada, yada, yada. Um, so that's the holdup on that deal right now. Um, and as far as the Angels deal goes, we'll get to that in a sec. So the Dodgers got Moogie Betts and David Price, and they're adding 73-ish million dollars to the payroll over the life of David Price's contract, which I believe is like another three or four years. Um so yeah, uh, Mookie Betts is getting paid $27 million in 2020, and then David Price gets a whole bunch of money, and the uh, Red Sox are paying like half his salary. So they get David Price, but they got to pay him, which stinks. So to get one year of Mookie Betts, they send over Alex Verdugo, who's been a top prospect for a number of years. Uh, he hasn't really had a place to play in uh, Los Angeles because they've been so stacked of, really, of late. Um so, you know, they, they got rid of Verdugo, cleared up some of the outfield uh, kerfuffle. And then they traded Kenta Maeda, who's been a you know, pretty solid pitcher for them over the last number of years. Uh, they traded him over to Minnesota in return for Gratterall. And then Minnesota was in turn sending Gratterall to Boston. Um, so that's how that deal is working out. It feels a little light as a return for Boston for, you know, superstar MVP candidate Mookie Betts. Uh, just because, you know, Mookie Betts is Mookie Betts. And he helps you get closer to a championship for, you know, 2020, obviously. But over the course of, you know, if you get two guys for six years each, if they take them through arbitration, that's 12 years of team control for one year of Mookie Betts, basically, and offloading David Price's contract. So... Value for value, it makes sense for Boston, obviously. But you kind of want to see more if you're trading a superstar player. You know, A's fans have been through this with, you know, Josh Donaldson, uh, Mark Maguire, Ricky Henderson, Sonny Gray. We've been through it a few times. You want to Cespedes. Um, So you, you always want the return to be a little bit more. They got a decent value overall, but, you know, obviously... Boston fans aren't happy. They want to burn ownership to the ground. And who can blame them? Because they have the money. They're not the A's. I mean, the A's have the money too, but they just don't spend it. And we've been conditioned. Uh, but the Red Sox, 
like to spend money and they're not for Mookie bets, that's ridiculous. I'm sorry. Um, I'm not sure if you guys know about this, but here's a little bit of a history lesson from what I've heard over the years. Um, when the Red Sox originally traded Babe Ruth to the Yankees, the rumor goes that ownership did it so that they could get, you know, financial, uh, financial compensation and, you know, get, get money off the books basically so that they could pay for a musical that they wanted to produce. So when it comes to the Mookie Betts deal, I really feel like we should reserve judgment on the return until we see how good the musical is. So obviously this deal makes the the Dodgers a whole lot better. Uh, they've got to be front runners in the National League. I mean, they already were, but now they're even more front runnery. Yeah, let's go with that. Um, so they're a solid team yet again. So good job, Dodgers. Uh, people are burying Boston for this one, and you know, Boonky Betts is solid. But over the course of you know a couple of years, could be a decent you know return for them. Alex Verdugo could be fine, and. I don't know much about Gratterall, so he throws hard. I know that much. Maybe he's great, and he's like an eighth or ninth inning option for him, and then all of a sudden they got two guys for one that, you know, are contributing at the big league level. Sweet. Um, as for the, what the Dodgers gave up, didn't seem like too much. Uh, I'll get into, you know, the ace portion of that in here in a sec. Uh, but first I'm going to just talk about the, the other deal that the Dodgers swung at, you know, concurrently with this one. And that was, they traded, or they're in the process of trading still, uh, Jock Peterson and Ross Stripling, you know, two major league players to the Angels, along with 19-year-old prospect outfielder uh, Andy Pages, who tore apart rookie league last year. He had like 298 with 16 bombs or something like that. He, he was a solid guy, but I mean, rookie ball. So he's not on the Dodgers, he wasn't on the Dodgers 30-man uh, top 30 prospects on MLB Pipeline, so he's not super highly touted yet, but again, rookie ball, he's 19, or going into his 19, uh, age 19 season, so he's still got room to improve there, obviously, and usually it's when players get up to, like, double A or something is when they start hitting, you know, the prospect lists, you know, at least higher up and whatnot, so we'll see how that goes, but uh, as of right now, the Dodgers are getting Luis Renjifo, who's, you know, a good utility guy be like getting chad pender for those two guys and i think that the a's would make that trade um but they're also getting a prospect we don't know who the prospect is yet so that deal is not finalized obviously uh it's been two days like some uh finality on either of these that'd be great but at the same time it's been nice to have something you know talk about because uh we're, we're getting right into spring training trucks are you know they've been loaded they've been offloaded it's time to get to arizona everybody uh, all right. So now for the A's portion of this podcast, where we talk about A's stuff. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard of this guy. The the A's traded a while ago, uh, Ricky Henderson, because Mookie Betts is very similar to Ricky Henderson at the point in time he was traded to the Yankees. Um, they I I got the stats right here. So up until that point, uh. I'll, I'll go through Mookie Betts first, and then I'll go through Ricky. Uh, plate appearances, Mookie Betts had 3,629. He had 139 home runs, a 301 batting average, an 893 OPS, and 126 stolen bases. Pretty solid. You can see why he's an MVP candidate year in and year out. Ricky Anderson's a little bit lower on most of these stats. 
he had uh, 3,488 plate appearances, so like 140 fewer. Uh, 51 homers, a 291 batting average, an 808 OPS, and this is where he totally trumps everybody. Uh, 493 stolen bases. Oh my God, baseball has changed. Um, I, I saw that. I was like, oh, 126 stolen bases. That's more than I thought. That's a pretty decent amount. Oh shit, this one's like four times as much. Uh, Rick Anderson is, you know, great. Let's go with that. He was fantastic. Uh, so yeah, so Ricky Henderson got traded. I don't know if you remember that, but he got traded a while ago to the Yankees. So what did that return look like? Um, not great after, you know, there was more players involved, but they didn't do a whole ton. Uh, the A's got Eric Plunk. So that's nice. And also fun little teaser. He's going to come up in a future podcast when I talk about A's history. So uh, keep your ear out for that one. Ricky Henderson will also be involved. Um, Stan Javier, you know, obviously. Stan friggin' Javier, who sucked until he left. And then he came back and he was decent again. Um, you got Tim Burtsas. I am unfamiliar with this name. I'm sorry. Tim Burtsas. He had a 401 ERA in 1985 and missed most of 86 and all of 87, and then he was gone. Uh, Jay Howell, he made two all-star teams as a relief pitcher, so that's something. Yeah, got an all-star out of that guy. And then uh, Jose Rijo. This one's interesting, actually, because he pitched three years with Oakland, and he uh, wasn't, you know, fantastic or anything. He was fine, not great. And then he became an MVP and a Cy Young candidate later with Cincinnati. And he won two games against the A's in the 1990 World Series. And he allowed one run in that World Series over 15 and a third innings. Uh, I mean, the A's got swept, so it's not like they needed him to, you know, shut the lights out. But he did. So, good job, Jose Rijo, I guess. Eh, whatever. Um, so, fun fact about Eric Plunk. He was involved in both Ricky Henderson trades from between the A's and the Yankees. Uh, he came to Oakland in, was it 85? And then he came, and then he went from Oakland to New York in 89 when the A's got him, and then they won the World Series. So, thanks, Eric Plunk, for your service. Fuck, did he get a ring for that? <laughs> Good job, Eric Plunk. World Series champion, Eric Plunk. Not even on the team when it happened. Oop, just saw. Uh, I wrote down 1984. So that was a 1984 trade, not 85. That's my bad, guys. Um, also, my wife's laughter might have been in there. So I uh, hope you enjoyed that. She's wonderful. Um, yeah. So that is all of that. Um, so, I mean, Mookie Betts, Rick Anderson, both great players, franchise players that were traded, you know, around the same time in their playing careers. And uh, the A's got more. But I think that the upside on Verdugo is probably a little bit higher than any of the players that the A's got. Um, I mean, obviously, Jose Rio had a had a pretty good year or you know uh, career with the Reds, but uh, Stan Javier made his name elsewhere, uh, including in San Francisco. All right, but let's move on from that stuff. Uh, what would this trade have looked like if the A's had made it with Boston instead of uh, Los Angeles? Uh, we're going to disregard their money because the A's aren't going to be paying $27 million for a player. That's, that's crazy talk. Um, I know who, are, who the team is. Um, okay. So 
I think that I've narrowed it down to two players. And if they traded, if, if Dodgers traded Kenta Maeda and Alex Verdugo, so I'm, I'm going on the basis of, uh, you know, starting pitcher and outfielder. The first part's going to hurt. Ramon Laureano. I think that's all you need to know for uh, me saying no to this deal because he's under control for, he's got the potential to be as good as Mookie Betts, but he doesn't cost nearly as much. And we got more years of control for him. So end of the deal. Cool. But uh, Ramon Laureano and Chris Bassett was about equal value, if not a little bit more than, uh, than the Dodgers gave up. So that that would be a tough pill to swallow for sure. Just because Ramon, you know, He's beloved with the uh, the A's fans. So it'd be hard to see him go, but it's Mookie friggin' Betts, too. It's only for one year, and they're not going to re-sign him, whereas the Dodgers have the means to obviously re, uh, re-up Mookie Betts if they want to. Sure, he wants to hit free agency, but they can offer him the most money. So they have that in their back pocket, and if he has a good time and they win a World Series, why the hell not, you know? He could do whatever he wants. Um, he would not resign with Oakland, I would believe. So the A's don't have that luxury right there. But, you know, maybe when they get the ballpark, if they get the ballpark, uh, then it can be, you know, another uh, tool in Billy Bean's bag of tricks. That'd be awesome. Uh, give him some money. Maybe like Moneyball with money. Ha 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 All right, so the last thing for this episode is... Uh, in, the, in episode 8, I suggested that the A's go after Taiwan Walker as a free agent to give him a little bit more depth option uh, or another depth option and in the starting rotation because, you know, injuries happen. You got two guys coming off of Tommy John. And, uh, you know, you, you want as many healthy arms as you can for the duration of the season. And, I mean, not healthy arms, but, you know, like good healthy arms. Um, that And they got guys in the minors, but... I went into it and listened to the last episode. It was good. Um, but it came out yesterday that Taiwan Walker had a tryout, uh, or a, he had scouts watch him. There was 20 scouts on board, and he threw some pitches. And basically the takeaway was there was 20 people there. He'd only been linked to two teams. Even if every team sent two scouts, that's at least 10 teams that are interested in him. Maybe they are one of those teams. Who knows? Um, but the other takeaway was that his fastball was not nearly as fast as it used to be. He used to hit like 94 on the radar gun, and he was averaging 85 to 88 at this event, which is not encouraging. And it might be why he hasn't signed a major league deal yet. I mean, I, I would assume that he held this, you know, tryout or showcase for scouts so that he could land a major league deal. But if you're hitting 85 to 88 on the radar gun, you're getting a minor league deal. And that would play very well for the A's because then they could send them to the minors and still keep other guys and you know on the roster and all that stuff and give them a little more flexibility. So if that ends and he could build up his arm strength, I'm sure that he will be fine. But having to give up that roster spot from day one on opening day, probably not the best idea right now. So if they could you know allow him time to you know recuperate and get better, that would be fantastic. Um, it, they were not mentioned as a team that was there. There's still, he's only been linked to, I think the twins and the Mariners. Um, but Hey, the A's are going after a championship. So screw it. Sign a minor league deal. Go for it. Come on, Taiwan Walker. 
All right, so that's going to be it for this episode of Locked On A's. You can follow us at Locked On A's on Twitter or me personally at ByJasonB, also on Twitter. Uh, yeah, so any questions you guys got, any feedback for the show, go ahead and do that. Please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast if they allow reviews. Uh, and if they don't, then just subscribe to the damn thing. It'd be great. Um, we will be back either tomorrow or Friday. Depends on what time of day I record tomorrow. I'm going to record tomorrow. It just a matter what time. Um, I'm going to have a history podcast for you guys about the greatest ace player of all time. I thought it'd be fun to go back in history, you know, educate myself, hopefully educate some of you guys. Uh, you know, it's still before spring training and even during spring training, it's like, Hey, I'm in the best shape of my life. That's not news. That's what everybody says. So that's it for today. Uh, go out there and celebrate good times, Oakland. And I will talk to you guys tomorrow.